welcome to the show. Every week we meet up, talk some action movies, shoot some breeze, and let off some steam. Bennett. This is PC and I'm Grant. And PC, remember when I said I would introduce you last? I lied. Hi, so I'm PC and this is Grant. And welcome to our new amended podcast that's now been me work for political correctness and more money. <laughs> yes. Give us more money. Yes. I had a dream last night that Marge Simpson watched a video from Ring <laughs> and was then trying to pass it on so that Bart didn't have to watch it and then she eventually showed it to Sideshow Bob. What horror film would you mix with a cartoon of your childhood? Um, He-Man and the American Werewolf in London. Oh, that'd be good. You've got Beastman against the American Werewolf then, don't you? <laughs> your question for later... I'm not even trying this time. <laughs> in which film did the Jeff Healy band cover the song Roadhouse Blues? <laughs> so uh, have a think about that and see if you can guess that later on. I'll try and weave myself in with that one, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so we've got a topic reboots. We do. Hence the kind of cryptic opening that I had there. Um, so, yeah, so we're basically going to, with all the, the reboots of both Unknown and in more, most cases the, the kind of classics that they're trying to reboot and we decided we should um, shine some light on some of the efforts that have been and still to come so what you're saying is we're going to list a couple of films big long list of films that either have no opinions or some very strong opinions yeah I can imagine there's <laughs> be a few in the latter with that one <laughs> so what's first on your list so I think the first one we should highlight um, just because we were um, talking about it earlier in the week as well is the Ghostbusters remake. Yeah, I'm really not a big fan of this new casting idea of Chris Hemsworth as the... The secretary, yeah, yeah. as basically as Janine. Because as, as well, from that point, I've already worked out what the, what's going to happen is that whoever's playing the equivalent of Egon is going to be the geeky one and have a thing for the secretary, which is almost the reverse of what it was in the film. And then something's going to happen later on where she's going to have to prove that she's a hero and then he'll be like oh and then they'll be together and everybody will love it and it'll be great is Melissa McCarthy Ray Stans then is that I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm guessing so <laughs> she's the fat one <laughs> yeah I don't know who's getting vacant then but see like the point I make with this one is it could have been you know they, they could have still kept the, the premise of having the female Ghostbusters but rather than doing it as a complete reboot what they could have done was say right how about we have the original guys having to retire and kind of passing on the torch so rather than it being like a fresh thing it's them trying to train new guys to kind of blood them in so you've always got that bit of back and forth so you've still got the original cast there what would make that work is you'd have the sheer force of Bill Murray's personality in that as well exactly exactly. even if his idea to come back as a ghost I think is a great idea (laughs) I'm not entirely too gutted that we won't see Dan Aykroyd again yeah, I know he was kind of um, wording his name out for being in the film because I think they, they approached um, they approached one of the other original members of cast, but it was like, well, if you don't want it to be a oh, continue, um, the guy uh, Rick Moranis that's who they approached, isn't it? Yeah. But he's given up back. Yeah, he's retired from acting, yeah. Yeah, so, but, and why would he want to come out for this? Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand if you can say in one hand and say, right, I'm not we're not making that continuation but we still want to use some of the original stars yeah what's the point in that if, you know pick one you know just either have it completely separate from the original or you say right this is still the same universe and it's just later down the line 
which would make more sense. But yeah, that's just me. I guess the big indication of whether this is going to be good or not is this film Spy that's just come out. Yeah. Because that's Paul Feig with Melissa McCarthy in it. Mm-hmm. And bizarrely, you've got Jason Statham doing his regular old Jason St- I'm Jason Statham doing my English accent. I'm the job I got mocked. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got Jude Law doing an American accent. Yeah. So one of them is able to be a British agent on loan or whatever. Why not just loan two of them? Because <laughs> Jude Law's American accent is horrific. All right. Um, I think what we'll do now is talk about some of the... So is that a must-see or a must... I think that's a must-avoid, must-hose <laughs> yes. must down and leave in the corner. It slimed us. Yeah. <laughs> Too many. But, um, yeah, so... Trying to think. Yeah, I think the other one we should really highlight is an upcoming remake is Point Break. Oh, I've seen the trailer for this. You've seen the trailer for this? I've not. I've, I'm still preparing myself oh, for it. Oh, it's. I don't know how to describe it. You remember that film that just came out about the Etonian, special Etonian club of all the posh British guys? Imagine if they were doing like dangerous sports. <laughs> That's kind of how it comes across. They all seem very private school. The ultimate pole. <laughs> and it's one of these trailers where you think this is either going to be the worst thing ever made or yeah it was alright yeah. <laughs> there's no way it's going to be anything else there's no way it's going to be a great film no. which the original is flawed but is entertaining I would yeah. argue Keanu fancies Swayze that's the not subtext text of that film that's just a fact <laughs> and it's it's one of these things where they've clearly thought like what do people want to see they want to see more extreme stunts that's what people loved about the original yeah that's no they loved the original because it was cheesy and stupid <laughs> speaking of cheesy and stupid films Big Trouble in Little China you heard that they're trying to get Kurt Russell and John Carpenter involved I did yeah, we talked about this in the news last week, didn't we? Yes. Oh. There is no need. No. Just no. Someone's. I, I really hope he just takes one look at it and just goes, <laughs> no. But I, I think for the minute of work that he's put, getting, he'll, he'll probably take it on. I would think. Put, put my name on it. Give me money. But no. <laughs> that's that's what I was hoping from John Carpenter's perspective. Give me enough so I could just watch basketball and not what, make any films for the next ten years. Yeah. The reason I say that is because he was once presenting an award. I think it was a horror event. And while he was presenting the award, because he was doing it live via satellite, he was watching the basketball and was filling people in on the basketball as it was going on. (laughs) Professional. (laughs) Multitasking. Carpenter. But has there been a single good remake of his films? Let's look at them. You've got Assault and Precinct 13. Yeah. <sighs> the thing. <sighs> yeah. You don't even need words to review these. The Fog is possibly the worst remake of all time. You've seen The Fog? I have not seen The Fog. I'm, I'm going to ruin The Fog for you. But uh, Or to phrase that another way, I'm going to save you from watching the horrendous film that is The Fog. Because was that the guy that was in Smallville that was in that adaptation? Yes, it was, yeah. it was, yes. 
And the twist at the end of the fog is that the girl who it's Selma Blair, who's the one from Hellboy, mm. who's the one Jamie Lee Curtis's character, was a ghost all along, and she joins them. No, you're thinking maybe that makes more sense in context. Yeah. No. no. <laughs> Saved from that one. Don't ever watch that film. On a similar note, from saving you from watching films that you should never watch. The Total Recall we make. Oh, I've not seen that. No. Hit it. Hit Don't. it, PC. Hit it. Don't. <laughs> For a start, there is no Mars. Mars is not a context. The The whole way they do it now is that they kind of hint that there's been some kind of nuclear war and the only inhabitable parts of the planet are the UK and Australia, where the UK seems to be the upper class version of the planet and Australia is the slums. It's like, oh wow, we've just come back a couple of hundred years, have we? <laughs> and our interpretations yeah, of the like, world. Hmm. Did, well, didn't I hear a rumour that when they were making this film that it wasn't originally going to be Australia, it was going to be Asia that was the underclass? Well, but they thought, we can't be that racist. <laughs> the thing is, though, it does, the way that it's done, it looks almost like you're in Singapore. Because when you're going across, it has that kind of feel. I think they're kind of trying to get a kind of Blade Runner esque kind of feel. For it, but it just looks like Singapore's just been slapped in the middle of somewhere else with just some <laughs> random buildings and in, in, in the middle of Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, it's really bizarre. Um, so yeah, so what they do is they commute from Australia, like all the workers who live in the slums, they have to commute through like this through the Earth's core <laughs> to then get to the UK through some like massive drill lift that they built. And what what stops them burning to death? In that scenario, they've, they've got massive heat sinks and stuff, and then yeah, so you've got all that. And why is the world in so much peril when you've got this technology? I know. <laughs> Who knew? But um, so you didn't like this, is the, no, is the impression I'm no. getting? I think the, the problem I had with this was the fact that they kept trying to do callbacks to some of the more famous things in the original. So. Three-breasted women. Yes, which is my big bugbear, surprisingly enough, which people might not understand, <laughs> but yeah, um, and I'll explain why. Because, they, as I mentioned, they kind of discussed the fact there was a kind of nuclear war, everything else, and you remember in the original where they discussed um, the fact there was mutations on Mars, yes. and there was the, the rebels and the, the civil war that was happening because of the air. And because we're one more Interesting air fact I just discovered, by the way. In the original Total Recall, you know the... The bald guy with a scar over his eye. Yes. Look who's talking. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, Hank from Breaking Bad. All right, cool. Oh, yeah, you can see it now. You think about it, yeah. There you go. We tip it for us all. Um, but, yeah, so what they have is, in the original, they reference it and say, you know, there's been mutations because of X, Y, and Z. In the new film, they don't reference it at all. And what happens is he's just walking down the street and then confronted by a three-breasted woman. It's like, where did that come from? <laughs> Someone has not seen the original. is so confused at yeah. that point. So if you're watching it from the point of view that this is a new film, <laughs> you're, you're just like, well, why she got... It, I don't understand. <laughs> That's the sexiest of all mutations. Mmm, <laughs> tasty. <laughs> but, um, yes, I mean, they do a few callbacks to things and it just doesn't work. And it, they kind of over the pudding a little bit with some of the the way that they try and move the story along um, so is there a get your ass to Australia like <laughs> get your ass back here <laughs> um, no there's not unfortunately they do um, kind of go back and do the point where he finds the suitcase that's got the video but for some bizarre reason when he gets the video 
his other self tells him that he doesn't trust his new self and that he has to then go and find something else at his apartment it's like what? <laughs> and the way he finds this by playing a couple of keys on the piano in, in the room and it's like how, how is that a right of passage for him trusting him I don't understand <laughs> It was the most convoluted thing I've ever seen. It was Only like, I know the full green slave solo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only I can play the Beverly Hills theme cop and tune it on my piano. Just can't get enough. <laughs> That's what you mean. Anyway, so yeah, avoid that one like the plague. Um, especially if you're a fan of the original. Do you want to talk about a remake that you liked? Yes. negative over here. <laughs> um, it may surprise a few people, but I quite enjoyed the Robocop remake. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because they didn't try and do it as a direct remake as such with that, they kind of took the... Double the action, none of the satire. <laughs> yeah, well, you brought the, <laughs> they tried to throw in Samuel L. Jackson for that, but... Um, no, I think it's more the fact that in the original it's more about him regaining his humanity um, after what happened to him. So when he, when he's brought back, he doesn't know that he is Murphy. Mm. Whereas, spoilers, in this one, he's fully aware of who he is. And I think that kind of plays quite well when they kind of first kind of take him apart, if you like. Yes. And he's basically just the, the brain and lungs, which is a really cool effect. It was really smart. Um, I like the fact that he had that and he was having to kind of process that himself and it was then them trying to take away his humanity to make him more well more machine if you like so when you get to the point where they're trying to have somebody um, as part of almost like a corporate gimmick where they're trying to sell this product and the only way they can sell it is by saying that this is a person that's augmented rather than it being a robot and it's them kind of grain the lines between that at what point do you then say this is no longer a man and this is the machine that sounds or... interesting I've actually not seen this yeah so it's um, I quite like the way they kind of do that um, because they do have discussions and I do love the fact it's Michael Keaton that's the um, that plays a role that basically Ronnie Cox had in the original so mm, it's, I, like yeah, I, I like the Keaton yeah. the Keat the Keat <laughs> Nikita it's <laughs> the kind of terms we're on with Keaton you also like Fright Night I did also like Friday Night. I've seen Friday Night. And I also like Friday Night. Surprise, because... See that. If you were to bet money on it, you'd probably bet on me not like Because yeah. I love the original. But I love... This is, I think, a good indication of when reboots get it right. Mm. It's when you actually change the film enough that it's different. Yeah. You're putting your own spin on it. It's like when you do a cover version of a song. If you just blatantly copy that song, like No Doubt's version of It's My Life... What is the point? Yeah. What is the point, Gus Van Sant? So of your remake of Psycho? So people can just be like, wow, that tune's really good and it's original. It's like, no, you're not. Go back 20 years, people. If, if you change it so it's a different musical style, I respect it more, even if it's not as good a song. Because yeah. at least you've tried to put your own stamp on it. And it's the same with this. I think this is... It's the same basic premise, but they've tried to put their own stamp on it. And Colin Farrell's actually... He decent does... In it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... It, it's one of these things where that kind of role where he plays a kind of sleazy it's, it's, <laughs> it's just he's playing himself <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah 
I like the bit where he rips up the gas mains because they they want to fight him in the house. That's an outstanding scene <laughs> where he basically it takes up the gas mains so he can blow up part of the house because they they won't open the door so he just decides to blow the house up instead. Hasn't it got a check off in it too? Keep deed. Yeah, because <laughs> it was he's the he's the main star in that one. Um, and uh, Evil Ed is the guy from Kickass. Yeah, because I know that he's a bad guy in Kickass. Yeah, um, Red so, Mist. Yeah, is the. Um, because obviously the, the other protagonist in that as well is David Tennant who is actually really good in it but unfortunately doesn't get a huge amount of screen time which is a bit of a travesty but still very I think good he film works watch. better when he's seldom used in mm. a film though he, he works in Broadchurch because he's not the main focus of it I think mm. I mean, I'm from Broadchurch I wonder if we'll see him again on Netflix when he's going to be in the um, part of the new Defenders as well he's going to be one of the villains He's playing Jessica Jones mm-hmm. in drag. Yeah, he's playing. I think it's the Purple Man. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> anyway, that's by the by. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can um, through a couple of other um, just a couple of decent efforts. It's the only ones I could really find off the top of my head that um, I could think of that actually came out and were maybe not on par with the original, but certainly good enough that they stand by themselves as good films. Um, another couple of examples of particularly bad films that were made as remakes the original Planet of the Apes that was done with Wahlberg that is incredibly bad yes. do you know the twist at the end of that yes it's instead of well he goes back to Earth and it's Abraham Lincoln but it's the monkey not the monkey the ape sorry that was racist <laughs> it's the Tim Roth one well you never learn it's the Tim Roth one that looks like the Abraham Lincoln yeah so the the implication is that Wahlberg's gone back and gone I'm back on earth brah <laughs> and that's him which, which is basically just like the evil dead kid, the evil dead three kind of um, finish with that one yeah but not as good yeah um, uh, Tim Burton what do you think of Tim Burton he needs to shake things up with who he casts in bloody films for a start like just stay away from bloody Depp and bloody Bonacar. It's like you mean his wife. He's yeah. not going to be doing that. Well, I mean, no, it's anyway, like, enough about Johnny Depp. <laughs> madness. His screen wife. Yes. <laughs> Edward uh, is the best Tim Burton film by miles, in my view. Original Batman. Edward. Yeah. It's my favourite. But I love the original Batman. Yeah. You are my number one guy. <laughs> And my own personal favourite bit in Batman is the let's get nuts bit. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! <laughs> With Michael Keaton in his purple suit. Yeah. <laughs> I did love, um, I recently watched um, Birdman for the first time as well. And I just loved it because it was just, it just kind of brought me back to Excuse a lot me, of excuse me. Is that a remake? Shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Come on. You see how I'm going to put up with <laughs> Filling an injunction against you, um, but yeah, I think the only other one I, I kind of wanted to flag from the many, many, many ones that were on the list, just because it hurt me um, quite a lot, was the Karate Kid remake. I've seen that too. Yeah, I um, got paid to see that because I used to have a job where I would go to the cinema to support someone, mm. and it added a new category onto, well, two new categories onto my film watching experience. One. Yeah, it was alright. I got paid to go and see it, so I probably liked it a bit more than I would have otherwise. And the other one is, even though I was paid to watch this film, I still hate it. (laughs) 
which uh, the Cracker Kid fell into that and so did um, that Magic Mushrooms film what was that called again? Shrooms, Shrooms. Yeah. that is my least favourite horror film of the last 20 years my biggest complaint with it the fact is that they're called them the Karate Kid but it's in made China. in China <laughs> so it's Kung Fu it's not Karate it's Kung Fu the Karate not Japanese yeah it's a bit racist isn't it? I know it is <laughs> I think they can get around that by casting the Black Kid don't they yeah. <laughs> yeah let's just play the race card again for a wee bit that'll work well this is the only time where I've not hated Jaden Smith hmm. I think I don't he think he's the issue in this film and I don't think Jackie Chan's the issue either Jackie Chan's never the issue Jackie, Jackie Chan's emotional scene have you ever seen him do an emotional scene before? a couple but not many because he doesn't doesn't do a huge amount of um, serious films because he kind of knows he, he knows he knows, him, he, he knows what works for him but he he's actually affecting in this I like him hmm. that's enough of the good things about it the bad it's yeah. clearly a tourism video and 90% of the film is just wide shots of Chinese scenery saying come visit China <laughs> Yeah, and there's a point as well where you're looking at saying, right, there's no way after, I think it's supposed to be over two or three months, you're never going to get that good over two or three months. For, And I think because of the original Karate Kid, although he kind of picks things up, he looks nowhere near as polished when he's fighting, if that makes sense. So there's a bit more believ- believability about it. And that's what Ralph Macchio is going to bring you. Yeah, poor performance. <laughs> well, that's the thing because it's basically just a gangly team, and you're yeah. teaching them. And you know, and the fact that it does show. I mean, that's when you watch the, the Karate Kid back now, you're thinking, Christ, am I probably going to kick his ass because he's useless at it? But you know, and that's I think that was the thing that's the kind of draw on it is the fact that people were looking at it and saying, oh, you know, I can do that. You know, if he can, yes. you know, and that's what and it's, it's this inspirational is just, to kids to stand up for themselves to bullies. Yeah. Whereas this is more about if you're good at people who have done karate their whole lives and you step in after two months and you're the best at it West is best <laughs> yeah it's the whole last samurai thing isn't it yeah Chan oh, is been practising this your whole life eh only took me five minutes <laughs> I suppose that we take it as Chan is the man <laughs> ok so we don't have a lot of time for the triangle of news this week which has been renamed again Alright, reboot is I would reboot it again. Yeah. The squircle of news. Squircle is a part of the shape. Alright, okay. <laughs> we have a squircle now. So um, I'm gonna give you three news stories and you're gonna have to sum them up in one word only. <laughs> reboot of kindergarten cop. Yes. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Wildly mixed reviews of True Detective season two. Okay. <laughs> Matthew Vaughn Kingsman sequel? Yes. <laughs> well done well done Marcus well done so let's play the Stallone Streisand Schwarzenegger or Seagal yeah. game which I say in a different order every, every week, week. <laughs> keep us guessing <laughs> yeah that's the whole name of the game isn't it yeah. keep you guessing <laughs> so if you can get it from this description I'll give you 50 points puts well Good movie to watch if there's nothing else. Good to watch if you're hanging with friends and plan on talking through it because there's no plot points to miss. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> Incorrect. So you don't get your 50 points. So to get five points, I'm a big this actor or actress fan. But to be honest, even I lost patience with her last few movies. 
<laughs> Alright, I'm not getting this. It was a Streisand. Oh dear. She seemed to play into this lofty image of herself as this sophisticate whom no man she meets can live without or is worthy. <laughs> that was... <laughs> Sorry. We can cut to the chase, I'm not getting this anyway, we'll just read through the Happily, rest of the in our return to the screen here, she goes back to the kind of comedy that she does so well that young people may not have seen. Okay, you're back on one point now. Bar- Barbara hasn't been this loose in over 30 years, and she works for the first time at long last with both Hoffman and De Niro. Ooh, okay. So, any guesses? Hoffman and De Niro. Uh, I get the point. It's Meet the Fockers. Oh, right, okay. Did I'm I actually kind of proud of you that you didn't get that one. <laughs> I'd even forgotten she was in that. Yeah, so did I, until her name popped up. Okay, so we're going to do it slightly differently with I Made PC Watch, because I'm going to make you watch one again next week. <laughs> so your one for next week is um, Downing Street Siege. You know what? I actually had that as your backup film. <laughs> I had for you, it was either between Downing Street Siege or Salt on Wall Street which was um, a Uwe Ball film I'll, I'll do that after next week yes you can do but, that uh, PC's going to take the double load because I've got a big week on so thanks for that yeah so and I'll, I like to think it's something to do with you trying to squirm your way out of last week's one which was? Uh, last week was Cup and a Half <laughs> and what did you think of this? a bit of a nostalgia trip actually um, I've not seen it since since it was originally released and I think it was one of these when it was released I was still okay I'm gonna I'm gonna just get right out of there with this, with this question what did you think of the scene where Burt Reynolds showed his cock to the kid <laughs> what you mean when the kid tried to insist that he crossed swords and yes and over? <laughs> yeah it's not really the kind of scene you would get away with now um, I'm surprised they got away with it then <laughs> yeah it was pretty bizarre out of ten for Reynolds wig oh, it's zero isn't it <laughs> it's a good effort it does look like roadkill that somebody slapped on the top of his head I, I get bonus points for the snakeskin boots so. and for a, the the curtains matching the drapes and by that I mean the moustache <laughs> and the wig that could be the most disturbing thing but what I mean uh, by that is the moustache and the wig <laughs> let us never use that turn of phrase again ok sorry go on <laughs> <laughs> so disturbing so one thing I didn't actually realise was that Henry Winkler directed this as well the fonts the fonts themselves yeah I was um, I think I just when I watched this before it was just one of these things as a kid that you really didn't care about it was just like look they're making a wee kid a cop this is going to be so cool and all, all they do is basically feed them one liners and then like off you go and obviously if you're a kid it's great because it's him obviously being in charge and getting revenge on people that have annoyed him as a child and him living the dream of being a cop which he dreams to do Elizabeth Grant yes not Grant how dare you <laughs> that's the way you wrote what <laughs> he wrote he lives with me how dare you <laughs> oh no I got um, no goes to live with BR I was trying to keep my BR yeah probably helps Oh, really? yeah, I, can't, I, can't. I didn't even bother to try and remember the characters' names during the I was thinking Battle Royale. I was very confused there. <laughs> he goes to live with a, a class of Japanese children who are so <laughs> he goes to live with Takeshi Katano. Yeah. Um, 
it's also one of the strangest villains I've ever seen in a film as well, where he has his own recording studio. And as every good villain should. Yeah, but decides to sing during the death sequence where he's kind of tied the guy to a chair and presumably drowns him, but you don't really see it. And the whole time he's singing. Well, he's, What's he singing? I, I switched off. He, he started saying one thing and then switched to something else, but he was kind of going through a lot of 60s and 70s kind of repertoire. But, <laughs> that makes it even worse. Yeah. So at one point, his, his henchmen come in and he's actually in the recording studio recording songs. I'm like, Why? I don't understand and I love the fact that the uh, the only way he was able, able to identify him because he, the whole premise being that he's witnessed the murder and that's how he becomes a cop for, for a couple of days because he only agrees to give the evidence up if they let him do kind of ride-alongs and be a cop but instead of just saying shut up kid just yeah. tell us <laughs> instead of just doing what they do normally and just say well no you're preventing the course of justice and we'll just sling you in the cells if not um, it is America so they probably would do that um, but the only, the only way they can identify Isn't this guy is wouldn't they just shoot him <laughs> I did not play that card just to clarify <laughs> um, but yeah the only way they can identify this guy is because he had a massive buckle on his shoe which was like some kind of artifact from like bloody Titanic or something like that it was huge <laughs> just on the top of his shoes and that's the only way he knew who he was it was like but so this kid really wasn't much help at all, was he? Not at all. The only thing he did was to get the license plate off the car, and that was it. And he recognised the guy's shoes, which he could have changed at any point. Yeah. And he could have dumped the car. Yeah. You'd like to think of the... Because they know that he's seen them. So surely the first thing you would do is have a bit of an image change. But yeah. So how does it all end up? It all turn out okay then? Yeah, yeah. It all turns out okay. Burt Reynolds feels better he... because... Does he not like decide to play more of a part in a kid's life? Yeah, because you get the whole point where Burt Reynolds doesn't like interacting with people because he lost his partner and then oh, he can't no. form relationships. Oh, that's such an original idea. And the kid lives with his grand, his grand, and he doesn't have any parents. So he's looking for the father figure. Oh, my word! How did he think these things up? I was shell shocked. <laughs> so on the Bennett scale. How many pipes through the chest out of ten? <laughs> oh, I'd give that a solid five. Just that's, for that. that's good. Yeah, I thought I'd throw in a wee bit of comedy to mix things. Yeah, up I mean, I think it's more for the nostalgia trip as well because it's been a while. And plus, the animated um, titles at the start, which always makes it fun for me. So, Downing Street Siege for you again? I'm afraid. Yeah, I'll do two after that though. Yeah, you're like, yep, yes, yes you will. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, we better go because there's football on soon. There and is. We're bloody blokes. <laughs> so, BC, so what was the Roadhouse Blues from? You given? It was from Roadhouse. It's almost like I'm recording this later when you're not here. So we'll see you later. See ya. <laughs> on Facebook Let Off Some Steam Podcast Follow us on Twitter 
Steam Podcast. Email us, letoffsomesteampodcast.gmail.com and download our intro music. It is Fat and Bald by John Ahmed Schoenbergenbecker. You want to download it? I don't bloody blame you.